The Queen of the Night's first act aria, O Zitre nicht, mein lieber Sohn, from Mozart's The Magic Flute, as sung by coloratura soprano Edita Gruberova. The Bavarian Radio Symphony Orchestra was conducted by Bernard Heitink, in that recording which dates from 1981. A very good evening if you've just tuned in to Fine Music Radio 101.3 FM on this Friday evening. My name is Adrian Fuchs, your host for tonight's edition 
of great interpreters. The subject of tonight's program is coloratura soprano and kammerzingerin Edita Gruberova, an artist who, apart from being considered one of the world's top coloratura sopranos, is at the age of 67 still actively performing some of the most demanding roles in the operatic repertoire, including Bellini's Norma and Donizetti's Anna Bolena. Gruberova, who has been hailed by the press as a coloratura marvel, today's prima donna assoluta, and been given the nickname La Unica, the Unique, has engendered a considerable following, especially in Europe, where her performances are always sold out. During her career, which has spanned a period of approximately five decades, she has attained a legendary status, with many opera cognoscenti considering her to be one of the last of a group of truly great singers, who in the words of Neil Rishoy, possess that singular quality that cannot be duplicated and which leaves an indelible impression on their audiences. Before I continue with tonight's program, a reminder that you can download a copy of this broadcast, as well as some of my previous programs, from my website On and Off the Record, www.onandofftherecord.com. And if you wish to get in touch with me, you can do so via email. My email address is adrian at onandofftherecord.com. The next recording that I would like to play to you is Gruberova's 1983 recording of Heinrich Proch's fiendishly difficult set of variations on De Torna Miu Bene for soprano, flute and orchestra. Kurt Eichhorn conducts the Stuttgart Radio Symphony Orchestra. Oh. 
Gruberova possesses, according to Helen Mathiopoulos, an almost superhuman technique which enables her to deliver some of the most difficult arias in the soprano repertoire with apparent ease and apparently no hint of nerves. She is noted for her great tonal clarity, agility and ability to sing high notes with great power, thereby making her an ideal queen of the night in her early years. According to Peter Katona, former artistic administrator of the Royal Opera Company, Gruberova is one of only a few singers who really has full command of their voice. Hers, he notes, is a fully trained, perfectly educated vocal instrument, capable of total vocal flexibility at any tempo or dynamic range, from pianissimo to fortissimo. Although at this stage of her career, Gruberova is no longer capable of such vocal extensions, her voice used to extend up to G-sharp above high C, and like Joan Sutherland, she possesses a larger-than-normal coloratura voice, capable of ample volume. As critic John Steen once stated, she possesses both a good house-filling strength as well as dazzling agility. It is also important to point out that Gruberova's voice is not limited to the hard-edged, monochromatic brilliance characteristic of most coloratura sopranos. Instead, as Steen points out, she possesses a pure, exhilarating sound, capable of warmth and softness. After nearly 50 years on stage singing some of the most difficult roles in the repertoire, Gruberova has managed to keep her voice in superb condition. This she owes to two factors. The first, she notes, is unremitting hard work. 
Ever since my young days, she once stated, I was stubborn and refused to give in to technical difficulties I might encounter in my roles, accept defeat or make do with approximations. I just worked on and on until I got it right, with the help of my teachers, Maria Medveka in Bratislava and Rutilde Busch in Vienna, with whom I have studied all my new roles and who will come to all my premieres. Even if this hard work did not produce immediate results, I am convinced it was necessary. The second reason, according to Gruberova, is that she has resisted expanding her repertoire to include lyric roles, remaining faithful to the coloratura repertoire. I would much rather confine myself to a handful of roles and be the best for those, she once stated, than try to expand into the lyric and lyrico spinto repertoire which is much wider, yet harmful for my kind of voice. Here is Gruberova singing the second movement, the Allegro, from Glier's Concerto for Soprano and Orchestra, Opus 82, with Kurt Eichhorn conducting the Stuttgart Radio Symphony Orchestra. The recording dates from 1983.
Edita Gruberova was born on December 23, 1946, in Bratislava, Slovakia. Her talent and natural singing ability was already evident from an early age, and she sang in several local and school choirs. She later studied at the Bratislava Conservatory under the guidance of Maria Medveka and made her operatic debut at the local opera house in 1967, aged 21, as Rossina in Rossini's Il Barbiere di Sevilla.
And that recording of Una Voce Poco Fa from Rossini's Il Barbieri di Sevilla featured conductor Gustav Kuhn conducting the Munich Radio Orchestra in that 1982 recording. During the following two years, Gruberova was engaged by a small provincial theatre where she sang a variety of roles ranging from Eliza in My Fair Lady, the three heroines in The Tales of Hoffman and Violetta in La Traviata. Spurred on by her manager, Gruberova finally decided to take the plunge and travelled to Vienna to audition at the Staatsoper. Her major breakthrough came in 1970 when she made her debut at the Staatsoper as the Queen of the Night, a role which Gruberova once stated is either there from the beginning or it never will be. It is so high that you either can do it immediately or you never will. There is no point in working on it for 10 years because by then you may not have any top notes left. Edita Gruberova singing Der Höllerache kocht in meinem Herzen from Act 2 of Mozart's The Magic Flute. 
This recording, which dates from 1988, featured Nicolas Hanonkur conducting the Zurich Opera Orchestra. Mozart, according to Gruberova, is the most difficult of all composers. Everything about his musical writing is pure, precise, and crystalline, and so should your singing be, she once noted. There is nothing to hide behind, whereas in Strauss or Puccini you have more leeway. Apart from the Queen of the Night, Gruberova's Mozart parts also include Junior in Lucio Silla, which he first sang in Zurich in 1991, Donna Anna in Don Giovanni, Constanze in Die Entführung aus dem Serail, and Fior de Ligi in Così van Tutte. Junior she considers the most difficult of all of her Mozart roles. According to Gruberova, it makes considerable technical demands on the voice, especially her second aria, which is pure fireworks with some really excruciatingly difficult coloratura. Here now is Gruberova's rendition of the aria Dalla Sponda Tenebrosa from Mozart's Lucio Silla. Nicholas Hanenkur conducts the Concentus Misicus Wien, and this recording dates from 1990.
Following her Vienna State Opera debut in 1970 as the Queen of the Night, Gruberova remained with the company for the next six years, though according to reports she was not particularly liked by the director and given no major roles. Apart from a monthly performance as the Queen of the Night and an occasional appearance as Olympia in the Tales of Hoffman, Gruberova spent those six years singing Flora in La Traviata, Kate Pinkerton in Madame Butterfly, and an assortment of, as she puts it, maids and servants, including Barberina in Le Nozze di Figaro. All the while, however, she was studying with Rutilde Busch, perfecting her technique and absorbing everything she could from famous colleagues and conductors. One role which Gruberova had set her sights on was that of Zarbineta in Richard Strauss's Ariadne auf Naxos. Every single day for two years I worked on Zarbineta at the piano, she once noted. When I first looked at the score, I gasped in disbelief. It looked impossible to sing. I couldn't imagine anyone who could sing those millions of stratospheric notes, she once stated. Gruberova's diligence and practice, however, paid off, and she eventually mastered the role's dazzling vocal wizardry. So impressed was he with her interpretation of this role, that Professor Joseph Witt, Gruberova's vocal coach at the opera studio, urged the opera management to give her five performances as Zarbineta during the 1974-75 season. As he rightly professed, Gruberova scored a wonderful triumph, her performances being enthusiastically received and attracting great attention. In 1976, she further established her international reputation, when she appeared once more as Zarbineta in a celebrated production of Ariadne conducted by Karl Böhm. Since that breakthrough performance, Gruberova has sung the role of Zarbineta, rightly regarded as one of the most difficult roles of the coloratura repertoire, more than 200 times. The secret of her success in the role, according to her, is the fact that she always sings it with immense joy and not a trace of nerves. One can hardly conceive a performance more brilliant than her Zarbineta, wrote John Steen in Opera Now, and yet the most acrobatic feats are accomplished with a smiling security in the spirit of comedy, almost as though they were something slightly comical in themselves. Here then is Zarbineta's aria Grossmächtige Prinzessin from Richard Strauss's Ariadne auf Naxos. Kurt Mazur conducts the Gewandhaus Orchester Leipzig. This recording was made in 1988. <laughs> 
Following her debut at Kleinborn in 1974 and the Metropolitan Opera in 1977, both as the Queen of the Night, Gruberova's next major triumph came in 1978 in a production of Lucia di Lammermoor mounted specifically for her at the Vienna State Opera. The role suited her perfectly, 
and as with Zarbineta, she scored a big personal success. According to her, the second important turning point in her career, the first being Zarbineta in 1976. Along with Zarbineta, Lucia was to become Gruberova's most often performed role. In total, she has sung it more than 200 times and has recorded the opera twice. According to Gruberova, Lucia is gorgeous to sing and a complete role in the sense that the music, the voice and the feeling expressed all come together to produce a very moving and haunting character. Here is Spargi d'Amaro Pianto from Donizetti's Lucia di Lammermoor. Richard Bonning conducts the London Symphony Orchestra in this 1992 recording. Thank you. 
apart from Lucia de Lammermoor, Don Pasquale, Linda de Chamonix, Maria de Rohan, and Lafitte du Regiment, Gruberova's Donizetti repertoire also embraces the so-called Tudor trilogy, comprising Anna Bolena, Maria Stuarda, and Roberto de Vero. Loosely based on historic fact, Donizetti's Anna Bolena concerns Anne Boleyn, the second wife of Henry VIII, who was accused of adultery and sentenced to death by beheading. I would like to play you the aria Al Dolce Guidami from the opera's final scene. Neil Rishoy referred to the aria as one of the most perfectly conceived figures of vocal utterances in all of opera. It is also one of the few adorned arias in opera that conveys deep expressive intent instead of mere vocal dazzle. Here then is Al Dolce Guidami from Donizetti's Anna Bolena. Elio Boncompagni conducts the Hungarian Radio Orchestra in this 1997 recording.
Although the tessitura, the general lie of the vocal line, of Anna Bolena is higher than that of Maria Stuarda and therefore should suit Gruberova better, the role demands more effort from the soprano because of its length, almost a third longer than that of Elisabetta in Roberto Devereux. In 1997, Gruberova stated that Anna Bolena is perhaps the role which represents the limit of what she can do, not in vocal terms, but emotionally and physically. Maria Stuarda, she feels, is the least challenging of the three roles, as the music is more lyrical and the role itself is not long, and therefore less exhausting. Maria Stuarda was composed five years after Anna Bolena in 1835, and in this opera too, Donizetti and his librettist made some historical rearrangements for story purposes. Although Mary Stuart was indeed sentenced to death by Queen Elizabeth I, the opera contains a confrontation between the two rulers which never took place. Of the three Tudor queens, Stuarda's character is the most straightforward and the least flashy. Like her character, her music is sympathetic but undynamic. The section that I would like to play to you is arguably one of the high points of the opera, the aria Quando de Luci Rosea, in which, during a confessional, Mary admits to her complicity in murder and adultery. Composed in the style of a meditative larghetto, the aria is, according to Neil Rishoy, imbued with a deep sense of contrition marked with emotional punctuations and as true spiritual fervor, which is deeply moving.
And that was Quando de Luci Rosea from Donizetti's Maria Stuarda, performed by Edita Gruberova as Mary Stewart and Marcus Hollip as Lord Talbot. Elio Boncompagni led the Munich Radio Orchestra in that 1997 recording. Roberto Devereux, the last opera of Donizetti's Tudor trilogy, is certainly the finest of the three operas. By 1837, Donizetti had established his own stylistic identity and managed to fuse his own conceptions of Queen Elizabeth I into a tightly woven and compact drama that has been referred to as one of the most brilliant musical characterizations in all of opera. Of the three roles, Queen Elizabeth's music is the most difficult, complete with fiendish scale work, octave leaps and forceful declamations. Her music is also the most dramatic and the one with the most dramatic depth. The opera's plot centres on Elizabeth's unrequited love for Devereux, the Earl of Essex, who loves another woman, Sarah. Devereux, however, refuses to reveal the name of the other woman to Elizabeth, and as a result she orders his execution. Sarah, who is in fact a friend of the Queen, is married to Nottingham, a friend of Devereux. When Nottingham discovers the affair, he prevents Sarah from reaching the Queen in time in order to reveal herself and to stop the execution. I would like to play to you the finale of the opera, the Cabaletta Quel Sangue Versato. Although Sarah finally manages to reveal herself to Elizabeth, she is too late to stop the execution. In this scene, Elizabeth, in a terrible rage, renounces both Nottingham and Sarah and is then overcome with intense grief. Instead of the usual and obligatory vocal fireworks, Donizetti composed a halting finale for the destroyed queen. Her misery is so profound as she states, Non regno, non vivo. I do not reign, I do not live. Here then is Quel sangue versato from Donizetti's Roberto Devereux. Friedrich Heider conducts the Strasbourg Philharmonic Orchestra along with the chorus of the Rhineland Opera in this 1997 recording. Thank you. 
Thank you. 
The other Italian bel canto composer, who has of course played a huge part in Gruberova's career, is Vincenzo Bellini. According to Gruberova, Bellini's music has a very special, instantly recognizable melodic line and harmonic structure. Emotionally, Bellini is of a gentler, softer and more melancholy nature than Donizetti. Gruberova's first Bellini role was that of Giulietta in I Capuletti e in Montecchi, in which she made her 1984 Covent Garden debut. Of this production, one critic wrote, Miss Gruberova possesses a much larger voice than most coloratura sopranos, and she uses it with taste. Her ability to sing in almost a whisper resulted in the house hanging on to her every note. Since then, Gruberova has sung the lead roles in I Puritani, Il Pirata, Beatrice di Tenda, as well as La Sonambula. I'd now like to play to you the cavatina A non credea mirarti and cabaletta A non giunge from La Sonambula by Bellini. Marcello Viotti conducts the Munich Radio Orchestra in this live recording which dates from February 1998. Oh, <laughs> 
suoi diletti in seno ella si desti
In 2006, aged 59, Gruberova miraculously undertook her first stage performances as Bellini's Norma, a role which she had previously only recorded and performed in concert version, and which is rightly regarded by some as one of the most difficult in the entire operatic repertoire due to its extreme technical and interpretive demands. As Ira Sif noted, at 59, when most singers are employing their diminished resources in character roles or simply adjudicating and teaching, Edita Gruberova essayed her first stage norma, and at no less a venue than the Bavarian State Opera. The gamble, and it must be termed a gamble to attempt this role at such a juncture, paid off handsomely, with the soprano emerging victorious on almost every level. If there is one drawback, it is the limited allure Gruberova possesses as a stage figure. She makes the most of her stage expertise, however, to appear never less than assured, often a good deal more. Her deft handling of Bellini's most challenging score is a tribute to a career of technically sound vocalism, coupled with a musicality and sensitivity always present in her work.
And that was, of course, the famous Casta Diva, followed by the Cabaletta A Bello A Me Ritorna from Bellini's Norma. Friedrich Heider conducted the orchestra of the Bavarian State Opera in that live recording from 2006. Verdi, whose orchestrations are much more dense and substantial than bel canto composers, make altogether heavier demands on a singer, and as Gruberova admits, there isn't much Verdi I could sing. Consequently, her only Verdi roles are Gilda in Rigoletto and Violetta in La Traviata. The role of Gilda lies very comfortably in Gruberova's voice, and she herself has commented that she finds it much easier than Violetta in La Traviata. Gruberova first sang Violetta at the Bavarian State Opera in Munich in a production conducted by Carlos Kleiber in 1986. She feels that whereas Gilda is a girl, and consequently one-dimensional, with very light, youthful music to sing, Violetta is a woman. More than that, she is a woman in the process of transformation, experiencing a wide gamut of emotions and dramatic situations, from a courtesan's forced gaiety to overwhelming passion, happiness in love, self-sacrifice, abuse at the hands of her former lover, and finally reconciliation before death. Dramatically, she is a deeply rewarding character to portray. Vocally, notes Gruberova, Violetta represents the limits of my possibilities. Further than that, I cannot go and remain a true coloratura. There aren't any other Verdi roles for me because I don't have a Verdi voice. My timbre is too light, and my voice couldn't survive his orchestrations. Parts such as Violetta have, according to Helen Mathiopoulos, filled out Gruberova's voice, making it rounder and somewhat darker, even though from the start she possessed more volume and amplitude than the average coloratura. Here is a short extract from Violetta's Act One Cena from La Traviata, up to the end of A Forse Lui, as performed by Edita Gruberova in 1992. Carlo Rizzi conducts the London Symphony Orchestra.
Many journalists and colleagues have commented on the fact that Gruberova comes across as a very balanced and contented woman, despite a life touched by tragedy. Since her first husband's suicide in the early 1980s, Gruberova has had to be a single parent to her two teenage daughters, and that while coping with a career as demanding as hers. While her children were still preschool age, Gruberova once confided to Opera News magazine that every singer who has children will know what I mean when I say that wherever one is, no matter what one is doing on stage, one's mind is always at home with the children, wondering what they're doing, whether they are all right, and why I am here and not with them. They need me, and I need them. This is the harsh reality of my profession. According to her, however, the compensations are having a voice, experiencing the physical sensation of singing in your body, and feeling this spiritual rapport with the public. All this, according to her, is a great blessing. And that concludes this profile on Edita Gruberova. Remember that you can download tonight's program from my website on and off the record, www.onandofftherecord.com. And if you have any questions, feedback, or comments about tonight's program, you can email me at adrian at onandofftherecord.com. To end tonight's program, I'd like to play to you Gruberova's recording of Adolf Adams' Bravura Variations on Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. The Stuttgart Radio Symphony Orchestra is conducted by Kurt Eichhorn in this 1983 recording. From me, Adrian Fuchs, till next time, have a good evening and a wonderful weekend. Good night.